0: Shri Sidaji Gopal ke jai. Shri Kauraramadha ke jai. Go Nityananda jai. Kauri Vasna Guru Parampara ke jai. Kaur Bhaktavinda ke jai. Good evening. Any questions tonight? Um, can you please elaborate the significance of the arrival of the Satchitananda Bhaktivinoda book, The Teachings of Lord Chaitanya, in Montreal, Canada, in 1896? Uh huh. Well, it was a very uh, momentous occasion uh, for Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And um, as I've said before, um, Bhaktivinoda Thakur was faced with the uh, western world and the modern if you will uh, world which was at his his, his his doorstep and calcutta was the headquarters of the british empire in, in, in the in the in the orient and uh, so he had to deal with their their thoughts I've mentioned um, recently that during the time of the goswamis the founding of our Sampradaya, which was a, a beginning, middle, late, well, the entire really 16th century, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came in 1486, I think, Columbus sailed to the Americas at about the same time, um, and um, and of course he took sannyasa as a young man, he instructed Rupa in Sanatana, and they began writing their books. Under his guidance and so forth, so the 16th century, 1500s, and in it was it was a burgeoning time uh, of uh, religious reformation, really in a broader sense, um, and within that, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dispensation appeared. The broader sense the context was that the Advaitins, Shankar's lineage, both its ascetics its renunciates, and its religious leaders, the, the, the smart Brahmins, hmm, had more or less a grip on the Hindu public, and, um, and prominent in their teaching was the idea that in order to attain Mukti, one had to be born a Brahmin, and in that life takes Anyas, which removed the people A couple of lives from the possibility of having attaining God, Mm -hmm. and with a sense of the possibility that there was more immediacy to uh, communicating with God than such a system um, allowed, if you will, there was an upsurge of uh, this idea that through Nam, the name of God, regardless of one's position with regard to birth, one could have uh, direct contact with God and attain Mukti. So you had Guru Nanak in this time, who was the founder of the Sikh tradition. You had uh, Kabir. A famous uh, poet, and uh, he advocated nam as a tukram in Maharashtra. Nam sankirtan, so there was, there was a lot of them. Most of them were advocates of what we would call a, a saguna nam. In other words, they had the idea that the name was a—it's kind of borrowed from Shankar's two tiers of Brahman, which is he inserted into the Vedas. It's not really there. Um, Two tiers of Brahman meaning, Brahman is in its paramartic, full, ultimate, transcendent self, is nirvishesh, it's uh, undifferentiated, it's um, indeterminate, Hmm. and um, at the same time, it has a, that's its nirguna expression, it has a saguna expression within the world, Hmm. that serves as a focal point, whether it be the deity. The avatar Ishwar, hmm? um, Krishna, would be explained in that way as he's ultimately Nirvesh Brahma, but he manifests as a person, Ishwar, the God, and this serves for some as a focal point to give their themselves to, and ultimately transcend. Hmm? Right, so. Saguna then means like, okay, the Nam, the person, the avatar, the deity and so forth, these are all like sattvic manifestations of the Nirguna Brahman. Hmm. Um, This is a brief, you know, description of of their idea. So many of the advocates of Nam kind of took from that, hmm, that being such a predominant perspective, and they looked at Nam as a way to directly for the common people to make connection with the god and then ultimately enter into Brahman. Hmm? But then you have some schools that uh, headed, you could say, Bacchaitanya Mahapu, which had a whole Nam-dharm, whole theology of the name, and Nirguna-Nam. Hmm? So the name is not different than the name, and, and, and his form is transcendental, and, um, and, and so on and so forth, right? Um so the ideal the goal is not even Mukti but Praim hmm? and uh Praim uh, Bhakti can give Mukti but Mukti can't give Bhakti, therefore Bhakti must be superior to Mukti. Hmm? These kind of reasonings and so forth. Um so um this is kind of a like a a very exciting time, hmm? And with it also, in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement, came social reforms as well. Because again, you're talking about okay, a very caste, conscious Varnashram perspective that um, limited people by their birth, hmm, and even their possibility of emancipation depended on taking a particular birth, and after that, taking sannyas and so forth. Um, uh so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement was I mean Haridas Thakur was his Namacharya, you know, the person who taught by example what he what his method was all about and he was an outcast and Ruop and Sananthan were also uh, ostracized from the Hindu community because they had served in the Muslim government and were touched by a Muslim or something like that, right? And they were his main main uh, generals and uh, authors of so many books and so forth. So he was crossing over and the place of women in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was um, uh, under his influence was also ele- elevated and so on. So there was uh, uh, social reform and in, in that regard also Nityananda Prabhu, the other self of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was even more oriented towards social welfare and reform. He took, for example, the entire mercantile class practically of Bengal had been um, um, ostracized from the Hindu social system. In fact, in his commentary on Chaitanya Bhagwat, Bhakti Sarasota Thakur compares the whole mercantile community, this is thousands and thousands of people, Vaishas in in Bengal, socially to have been in a position... um, analogous to that of Haridas Thakur. So they were pretty much disenfranchised. Mm. Haridas was totally disenfranchised from the Hindu community. And, and it was Nithinanapur that, that came and lifted them all up and gave them a new ritual, one ritual, Namsan Kirtan, that everybody could participate in. It leveled the, the playing field and, and so forth. So he was very much involved in this type of um, uh, kind of a social upliftment in the context of disseminating the highest ideal as well praying Preugin. So, this is going on in Bengal and over in Europe also you have the Renaissance going on and you have the Copernican um, revolution, right, um, where the idea that the Earth is moving around the Sun rather than that the planets are moving around the earth became uh, prominent. and the point I'm making in a roundabout way is that this was idea, the Copernican idea it was also had come to India. It wasn't that nobody in India knew about it. and so there were persons who were traditionalists in different schools, Ghanis, yogis. Different types of um, persons who were traditionalists in that they accepted the Puranic view of the cosmos, for example, and what the, of what the world was like, or, or they had their understanding was based on that. And this seemed to be in contract in, in contradiction to it. So some of them fought against it. Some of them modified um, their position, and, uh, and and so forth. But the Goswamis, of Vrindavan they didn't respond to it they were too busy establishing Teanaamapa with Sampradaya and making the point that the that the world moves around the Atma <laughs> an Atma centric worldview and that the Atma is moving around the Paramatma and the Paramatma is moving around svayam, around is Bhagawan and so on and so forth so they were taking it a few steps uh, further if you if you will but point being, by the time of Bhakti Vinod, which is 400, 500 some years later, this modernity and, and, and other ideas, the scientific revolution now had well, had uh, taken over and um, um, in Europe, faith, um, let's say philosophy had been become unhinged from, from, from revelation when you have philosophy tied to revelation you could call it theology so philosophizing about the import of revelation but if you think we don't need the revelation we got our own brain we can think about what life's about and we can philosophize about it we can draw from our experience and observation and then we can reason about the implications of it and so um, this was also in place and so this was now at the doorstep of 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 who as I say had converted to Gaudiya Vaishnavism so it was hard for him to avoid it and he took up the challenge which is which is significant hmm? he took up the challenge and and he was very insightful in 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 doing so he himself embraced a kind of a, what I call a perennialist perspective He honored other traditions that had currency because they were ego-effacing and posited transcendence as their goal and uh, he wanted to get Gaudiya Vaishnavism on the stage um, with the world religions and then let it speak for itself. Hmm. Um, And so, uh, some of the things that he did was, for example, he wrote to Thoreau, Henry David Thoreau, Emerson Parker; these were um, considered they today considered the, the first American transcendentalists. Hmm. Uh, I think there's a famous quote from Thoreau about the Bhagavad Gita that Prabhupada uh, had printed on the back cover of his edition of the of, of the Gita. Hmm. Um, so he wanted to. Um, take advantage of their interest in and the extent to which they had been influenced by the Upanishads the Gita, the mystery traditions of the East and they were obviously um, these gentlemen that I mentioned influenced by Hinduism more than, than Buddhism hmm? you take Schopenhauer from Germany uh, for example, he got more, ultimately became more influenced, I think, by Buddhism than, than Hinduism. But, but at any rate, Bhakti Mino tried to correspond with them. And, and, and in his book, one of the things that Bhakti talked did was that he wrote some books in Bengali and he wrote some books in English. Hmm. So, let me give you an example. He wrote Dharma in Bengali. Hmm. He wrote, if I'm remember correctly chaitanya uh, shiksha in english so he intended the latter for the english speaking public and the former for the for the bengali public both are about teachings about chaitanya mahaprabhu right they're uh, if you read them you see they're that they're, they're different and, and how he's got a different audience um, in mind and then the book that you mentioned which which, which um, I published many years ago um, when I f- formed under Pujapachitra Maharaj's inspiration our Sangha it was I think the first book we, we published was it called The Life and Precepts of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Shichitani's life. Shichitani's life and Precepts or Teachings, something like that small book nice book So we published an English edition. And yes, somehow or other, I mean, he sent it, I guess. He must have sent it as he sent letters. He didn't get a response back, which is, you know, it wasn't exactly like they had an internet going on in in those days. So postal um, correspondence from Bengal, you don't really know if it even reached Parker, Thoreau, Emerson, and what was their actual address. But he tried. Hmm? It would be really. inspiring, now that we're talking about it, to get the copy, of course it's probably not available, but of the letters that he wrote, even if they hadn't arrived, it would be a real treasure trove, right? But we do have the book, and he intended it to uh, to, to be an introduction to such persons, influenced by and sympathetic to the um, sacred texts and the mystery traditions of, of Hinduism, uh, an introduction to the person and the precepts of of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's also doing that and that particular. And so the book was sent to McGill University, which is in Montreal, right? Mm-hmm. In your home country. And um, I think it was, whatever, placed in the library. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's probably the first. Gaudiya Vaishnava book in the Western world, and um, it's uh, that effort and that success is something that um, that we will naturally be very proud of. The Bhagdivevan Paribar is, in one sense, characterized by its dynamic uh, outreach. It's 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 not it's it, at its core, properly understood, and Paribar is, is extremely non-sectarian. Mm-hmm. It acknowledges the, 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 the spirituality of other traditions to whatever extent that is, is found there. Bhakti Vinod used to say, if I go to the mosque, I see, oh, they're worshipping Krishna like this here, or the Christian church, I think of it like that. He had his term Saragrahi Vaishnav, right? And he contrasted that with the, with the, with the bar with the Barabahi Vaishnav who was attached to symbols and dress in particular and, and uh, details, which they misconstrued for principles. And they carried, the term He means like that, like an ass who carries a heavy burden hmm, on his back. For what? To get some grass, which he doesn't realize is growing for free on the side of the road. Why labor for that? Hmm. So uh, the Vaishnav is, is is burdened by misconstruing, as I say, principles with details, and that is a recipe for going nowhere. Hmm. For making an effort to get nowhere. No traction. Hmm. No traction. It's To use Rupa Goswami's term, Niamagraha. Hmm. You're following some rules. You don't know their purpose. You don't know how to break them Hmm. when they need to be broken. Uh, what 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 their intent is, what the, what they're meant to to um, uh, to to bring about, right? Which there may be other ways to do in different times and circumstances, and so on and so forth. So it's a big problem. Hmm. Details are subject to change. Their purpose is to be put in place to deliver the principle. Hmm. So. Um, these are not ideas, I say, that, that are coming only from Bhakti Vinod, but it's very characteristic of his outreach and his, his paribar, as we refer to it. That's a term that comes from Bhakti Siddhanta, Saraswati Thakur. Bhakti Vinod, of course, was initiated in in the uh, in Nityananda Paribar. You have Vamsas and you have Paribars. Vamsas means the family line. Hmm? And within the family line, uh, when it goes out vertically, it becomes a paribar. So you could be in the family line of Advaita because he had sons, right? And they had sons. And so you could be in the family line, that's the bamsa. Or you could be in the broader sense of the family, that you're not directly initiated by somebody who's in the bloodline of Advaita. Got initiated by someone in the bloodline. Let's say, you know, I was the son of a and an initiated um, someone, and then that person became an initiator. Then that becomes the party bar. Just to explain the, some 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 of the terms. Um, of course, we have the term Nityananda Bamsa, but um, the line of Nityananda Prabhu. I think he might have had a son or two, but they didn't have any sons, so there is no really bombs in that. But there is this so-called Nityananda Vamsa. Anyway, uh, Bhakti was initiated in the Bhakti in the, in the Nityananda Paribar coming through Janava. So after Nityananda Paribar was passing from the world, Janava Mata became a prominent person in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and so he comes in that line. Now. Bhakti Satshita Thakur received Harinam from his father Bhakti Vinod, but he was encouraged by Bhakti Vinod to take Diksha from Gorka Shordas Babaji Marsh who comes in Advaita Parivar. Hmm. So we have this, these two influences, Advaita Parivar and Nityananda Parivar. So some days we wear the Advaita Parivar Tilak, sometimes we wear the Nityananda Tilak, and sometimes we just wear a Tilak. <laughs> <laughs> it's the generic T. Like. So, so when the uh, students of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati would go out, mingle, and so forth, and be asked, "What, you, what is your party bar?" Then they they didn't weren't sure how to answer that. They asked Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati He said, "Bhakti, vinod party bar." Hmm? And um, that's. Um, a nice idea it's a not a not a an unprecedented idea to that is to say um, draw your paribar, your family your lineage from a prominent person in the present or in the near not so distant past hmm, rather than all the way back to chaitanya mahaprabhu and we, we see examples of that in fact lokanath Goswami. Was an immediate, uh, was an eternal associate of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He initiated Narottam Thakur, who appeared after the disappearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? And, but because of the extraordinary contribution of Narottam and the wide outreach that he was involved in and so forth, the Paribara is, is readily referred to as Narottam Paribara, rather than Lokanath Paribara. It doesn't make really light of Narottam, of, of, of Lokanath, but it's a way of uh, highlighting the extraordinary contribution of Narottam Thakur. Now, from an esoteric point of view, internally speaking, we have another example. That's the Shamananda Paribar. So, of course, Shamananda was also involved in outreach, but internally there was an extraordinary thing that happened because he was initiated by. In a lineage, coming from Goridas Pandit, who was the Subal of Lila. Hmm? I think his guru was Hirdayatanya, who was a disciple of of, of, of Goridas Pandit. Um, but by internal arrangement in Brudge, hmm, he was marked. He was he was sweeping an area for the Leela take place that night and a gopi came and he found a he found a earring or something like that, some anklet, uh, some piece of jewelry. And uh, and he said, Well look at that. Well, fascinating And then a, a young maiden appeared and said, Oh that's that's my, my mistress, thank you and pressed him on the head like that and it made an indelible mark, which became his tea lock. That became the Shamananda Paribar tilak. So it's a long, long and beautiful story but for such an extraordinary internal event which was then later verified externally by by Purda um, Chaitanya, his initiating guru. Hmm? Because Shamananda went into meditation when it was questioned, his story was questioned and when he came out of the meditation, in the meditation he met Radha and Krishna and Subal and Subhal says, tell him this. Tell Hrida your guru, this. And so when he came out of trance, he told him, and that was something that only Hrida knew from Subhal, so he knew he had talked to Subhal and Leela. So he was amazed, and uh, it's a celebrate, very celebrated story. So so we call it the Shamananda paribar. Hmm? Yes. So, so as we're saying, Bhakti Vinod Patakura's Contribution was extraordinary. Hmm? Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was influenced by him, took Harinam from him, had received Diksha from uh, Gorkishore. So he's connected to two Paribars. So what's his Paribar? So he said, Bhaktivinoda Paribar. Hmm? And if you want to look at that further, that uh, whole idea over time hmm? because uh, you know we, we 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 sit for example and we do uh, puja in the morning to the deity so before we worship the deity we we do the puja to our parampara hmm? however elaborately at least by offering prayers hmm? to to our Purnali we have Siddha Pranali too. Siddha. Pranali means line, and Siddha means Siddhas, the line of Siddhas. So, so the idea is you trace your line back to the founder of your Bar, Right? So, we say, said, we said, for example, I, I say my Prananda Prabhupada is Pujhapada Siddha Maharaj to Bhaktisiddhanta uh, Siddha Thakur to uh, Gorka Shodas, Babaji, Maharaj, Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Where do I go from there? Yeah. Some The Dueta line, and then also the Nityananda line, and how many are there? And how many will there be in a hundred years from now? And two hundred years from now? And hundred years from now? And three hundred years from now? And a thousand years from It's going to be a pretty long it's the puja. Hmm? You're going to have to say that. So, <laughs> so to shorten it, hmm, and draw the line to a prominent, prominent uh, representative of the tradition in more current times has a pragmatic side to it as well. Mm-hmm. right? So, I'm just supporting the answer of Bhakti Siddhanta's to his students when they asked what's our paribha? and they, he would say Bhakti Vinod Paribar. Other people would say, What do you mean Bhaktivinoda Paripar? you know. Is it here either the Nityananda, the Shaman the Shamananda, the Naratam, the Advaita Paribar, party, Paribar has to be traced back all the way These are Kanishta Dikari ideas that that that, that 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 it's limited in this way, that it, it, it has to be that way. It can't it's it lacks the dynamism that characterizes our very pari bar hmm? that, that it's so steeped in in realization and standing in in bhakti that he could make adjustments to to successfully um, uh, transplant it in another culture for example outside of where there is no Varnashram system which is which would be a friendly culture, even though, as we said the other day, there was some resistance. Even some of the Varnashramis tried to assassinate Bhaktisiddhanta for his making the claim that Vaishnavism is is a superior Diksha to the Savitra, so to, the, to, the, to the Varnashram, uh, Upanayana, sacred thread, and so forth, and imparting the mantra uh, tradition. So, got that bad, but still mm-hmm. overall... Uh, you know, Varnashram society, as opposed to who knows what's going on in New York, as you know, Prophet was had to come and find out, right? Mm-hmm. But here we are. You know, it's, it, this this is no small accomplishment. However, 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 we fall short mm, in our own realization and understanding of the tradition, which is from our point of view we'll always fall short of our understanding of the tradition as Pujapanchitamar said in this line we're all students forever such as the nature of the subject and so forth Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, however um, we might be viewed we have to be taken seriously you have to see somebody had some power to do this and as Pujapachita Maharaj said the, the idea came in the person of Bhakti Vinod. it was given some shape by Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur and Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada took it all over the world That's hmm. a pretty extraordinary um, accomplishment now you know Pujapachita Maharaj also suggested that you know now it's all over the world maybe we should tighten it up a little bit you know, and boil the milk as Prabhupada sometimes said himself and um, do relief work and, and so on and so forth. this so there's uh, some place for that and we, we have that focus largely which uh, um, rather than just continuing to spread it to, to uh, well good analogy to, bo- to boil the milk so um, I guess w- what I'm saying is that the you know the uh, what that represents fact that that book showed up at McGill University is it's 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 a very um it's a huge event in 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 and it, it it should be celebrated and recognized of course we as Bhagavad Paribar and there are many members of it who don't even realize that they're members of the Bhagavad Paribar they don't, you know they don't even necessarily think of it like that but they should um you know we need to set a good example that people will then appreciate that much more, the contribution of Bhakti Vinod. And as much as we don't, well, they may not, and that falls on us. It doesn't fall on Bhakti Vinod. Hmm. And um, so, yeah, it was a great uh, uh, um, a great day, if you will, in in the uh, ongoing dissemination of, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And, and, and it represents, or character, uh, 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 you know, the. A, a defining characteristic of our party bar because there, there are many party bars, they're not characterized in this way. They may be characterized by other things that are make them famous and, and are praiseworthy and so forth but ours is characterized by outreach and non-sectarian non-sectarian perspective and and, and in one in which details are not uh, are uh, not confused with, with with principles. So when we see that happening, within our party bar this is very uncharacteristic of the party bar so that happens in some sects uh, you know within our some some missions within our party bar to one extent or another details are misconstrued to be principles and so we, we're a little we're a little militant against that we like to speak out about that because it's so uncharacteristic uh, even even now you have to also appreciate the fact that Bhakti Vinod, in the way in which he spoke about Gaudiya Vaishnavism, wrote about Gaudiya Vaishnavism, you really see this this, this broad mindedness. When Bhakti Siddhanta talked about it, wrote about it, it seems to become more narrow. Even in some ways, Prabhupada talked about it, it would seem more narrow. But they were now taking this broad idea and trying to give it some shape some form hmm, that you could hold on to it and do something so the way we look at that is that great devotees are empowered in different ways to preach in their time and the way in which they preach does not say everything about them hmm? that may be relative to the audience, the need of the time and they're empowered to do it in that way and they might it, it might not be wise to define them by that. We were asked about this the other night. Did Prabhupada speak you know, more about deeper topics? He was tended to be more broad and reserved about higher topics. And one of the ways, I answered it in a number of ways, but one of the ways I answered it was, yes, he was reserved about higher topics, but maybe because he was higher. And he understood how extraordinary they are, and to even begin to start to think about them, talk about them, would render him incapable of doing what he was empowered to do and asked to do, which was a broad campaign. This was his petition to Krishna. My Guru Maharaj, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he's in the delegation of Radha, has asked me to do this. Bring this. How am I going to do it? I, you know, I don't know. Give me the power. So we figured out well, he got some power, and he did it in a certain way, and in the time, the circumstance, it was very effective. Does that mean that particular approach will be effective in all time and circumstance? Well, his own teaching says no. That's not the case. Hmm? So, you know, to take a hyperbolic statement like. My books will be the law books for the next ten thousand years, and make it like the sedanta or something, in a way that in, that makes limits the the uh, enthusiasm for the ability for uh, the willingness to uh, write about publish take advantage of books that are be, in ongoing publishing and so forth and so on. Hmm. Any book that's written is like. A bridge book to purpose books because purpose books got everything in there. Maybe the bridge book is, is you know, is a, is a bridge to you know <laughs> forward rather than uh, 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 simply a reference to something else where you can get more. Maybe it, maybe it maybe it, maybe, it, maybe it contains more even. Hmm? that's what we call Guru Parampara, more of what? the unlimited that which you cannot say enough about that which in which connection with which we are students forever and so on and so forth. Uh, In other words, what I'm saying is sometimes among some of the disciples of Prabhupada there's this this unspoken idea that if you say as much as Prabhupada said and stop there Bona fide. If you say more, then you must be unbona fide. But you actually you're supposed to say more. Hmm? Uh, you must. you are supposed to have more understanding of what he meant, what were the implications of that, what how that's connected to the hundreds of years of a tradition, and, and bring that out, and so forth. Um, so, yeah, that 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 that's uh, that's. Uh, uh, and Bhakti Vinatakura said that himself, there's a there's a tendency in Kali Yuga to give deference to the previous Acharyas, not the present one. So he himself in his own time was experiencing that. Now we think Bhaktivinoda, he's right, you know. But in his own time, I don't know how great he is, you know, necessarily. Some people would think Gasi had his own following, of course, but so so yeah, we have got a very uh, glorious uh, mission. Uh, outreach is very much characterized by that, and that in a dynamic and insightful way, but but not at the cost of inner life. There's a there's a there's a booklet that I wrote years ago. It's called Shri Guru Parampara, something subtitle. Kate or not. Of Kedar yeah, something like that. The reason I wrote that is because there is a journal called the Journal of Vaishnav Studies that was um, is is published by uh, a God brother of mine named Satyraj. He sometimes goes by his secular name Stephen Rosen. He's, he's written a number of books, so he started this academic journal, and each one had a particular theme, and then he would get ac- academics to contribute articles, and hopefully, he was this idea, where he could get some devotee academics. To write articles. So there was one issue that came out some years ago, and I think it was about Raghunuga Bhakti or something like that. So one of the articles was by another godbrother of ours named Sukhavak, who wrote a famous and well well done book for the most part as his PhD dissertation on Bhakti Vinod Thakur. What was the name of that book? Uh, Hindu, Encounters Hindu Encounters with Modernity. Hmm? It was a good book. And so he's talking about how Bhagavan was dealing with the times and how he was dynamic and and how he saw the tradition and how he saw the western world and he's part of the intelligentsia of the Badralok, it was called in in in, in Calcutta and uh, it's, a, it's a very insightful book and one of the things that he's trying to do in the book or really what the book does if you understand Bakhtinov's life and really kind of shatters this Kanishta Adhikari sectarian black and white you know um, perspective that, that you know tends to become the prominent face of every religious tradition founded by some mystic you know if you give it time hmm? unfortunately therefore the need for a reformer and so forth right so but the last chapter of the book I took exception to I love the book but it's the exception of the last chapter, because in the last chapter, it was about Raghunuga Bhakti, and he said basically Bhakti Siddhanta didn't teach about Raghunuga Bhakti. And I said, hold on here a minute. You know, what are you talking about? In this way, he separated from Bhakti Siddhanta from Bhakti Vinod. Hmm? Um, and, and uh, you know, I disagreed. So I, 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 I wrote to uh, uh, Satyarash, and I, I complained and he said, Well, if you want to write an article, I will send it to all the subscribers hmm, of my journal, as a you know, as a, your you know corrective note on this. So that was my booklet. Sri Guru I sent it to all his sub- subscribers. Hmm. And the book was about the fact that that yes, our Bhaktivinoda bar as as envisioned and understood. By Bhakti Sant Sarvajit was involved in outreach, but not at the cost of um, understanding and pursuing the goal of Rag Bhakti. And so I, I, I demonstrated how what, is, what is his approach to Rag Bhakti was, and so forth. I was very upset actually with the last chapter of that book. Thought, what are you talking about? You know, and so you really missed something here. So, uh, so yes, this is characteristic of Al party outreach and so forth but again it's not that it that there there, there won't be or there isn't some place for, for at a certain point the outreach becomes prominent and it's not having its effect which is not just to bring new people in but to bring you in hmm? Hmm. it's not that you're just going out to convert everybody because you're perfect you're going out to find people who can help you become perfect <laughs> right one time, I've told the story before. It kind of illustrates the point. I was in the Iskon Chicago Temple, and the devotees had gone out on Harinam. and they had come back from Hari And just as they were coming back, I was in the lobby of the temple building, and they came in. And, and then one of them ran up to me and said, Is it Mars, this guy followed us back here. You know, and we, he's outside. You know, long hair and a beard, and we don't know what to do with him. You know, it's kind of like..." just followed, he hasn't said anything, he just follows back here, so I said, well, you know, okay, and then he came through the door, and I saw him, and then I went and I embraced him, hmm? and he embraced me, and I was like, what is you looking like, what the heck's going on here, you know, and a week later he became the Sankirtan, new Bhakti leader, he was a disciple of Prabhupada, hmm? yeah, who had gotten distracted, hmm? Lost his way, and the Hari Nam Sankirtan. He saw. It he followed it back, and, and uh, so so you never know who you're going to find out there. Is the point. And, and we go out. To, we go go out to purify ourselves. Really, um, and uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had strong outreach. He was a public person, doing Sankirtan, converting prominent people. Venkata Bhatta, the Ramanuja Sampradaya, Pakrasan Charja, Keshava Kashmiri and so on and so forth. But the result of his outreach as a public person was that he he, he had he had became a private person. That is on Anti He becomes a private person. He was incapable of of maintaining a public persona. Hmm? Because of what the way he conducted himself in public hmm, had brought about such internal development. One time I was giving a lecture in North Carolina, and there was a Hindu gentleman or two in the audience, uh, not very many, but afterwards one of them said, "Swamiji, I think that you know, spiritual life is a is is a private thing." And so he was kind of like raising an objection to this. You people go out and you you sing in the public. I think this really should be a more private thing. Don't don't you agree? And I said, I said, actually, in spiritual life, hmm, there should be no difference between your private and your public life. hmm? So, as a public figure, hmm, the way he conducted himself, the way he walked, if you will, it, uh, it 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 nourished his capacity to sit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? We want the classic, you know, sitting contemplative life. His actions fostered contemplation. Mm-hmm. His actions were external Krishna bhakti, worshiping the deities in the temple and sankirtan, preaching, uh, and so forth. And ultimately, uh, again, he, he he became so. That, that drew him so internally that he had to be cared for by sarup and Roy Ramananda hmm. and uh, he, he couldn't be shown to the public and couldn't uh, any, any any longer maintain a public persona so this should be the result but o talk the last four years of his life uh, I think they just put food under the door hmm. Prabhupada, of course, also, it would appear by his health, retired from the public life. Hmm. So, to one extent or another. right? uh, Yeah. Okay, I see. (laughs) Yeah, Prabhupada was born the year... That Bhakti Vinod, Thakur, So for us, it has special significance. Mm-hmm. Further, very nice point. I forgot that point. You it Prabhupada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that I was like of that. proud of that, that. He was born the very year that the, the first publication of Gaudiya Vaishnavism reached the the uh, across the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Kind of foreshadowing his his own journey across the Atlantic, right. And he landed up there in the northeast. We're pretty close, <laughs> right? <laughs> close to close to Canada. Yeah. Yeah. So we're very honored, huh? We're humble members of the Bhakti Vinod Party Bar. We're proud to be humble members of the Bhaktivedanta Party Bar. Anything else? Well, Maresh, um I've been wondering. Um, I'm obviously very happy that um, I've been brought here in your presence and been able to take, uh, take instructions and so forth but um, and one thing one thing that comes is when uh, I think it's in somewhere in that Shastra that I forgot where but it's mentioned that one should not be talking so openly about one's uh, spiritual master but um, but that's a that's a difficult one for me uh, I often find mentioning oh well the teacher blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and then I catch my well, there's a statement that one should not mention the name of one's... What is, what is that? How's that going? One's mantra, one's... Uh, guru. Beads, keep the beads... Be concealed. Keep, keep concealed. So we say the mantra, we keep the beads in a bag, and, and we don't say the name of the Guru. So there's a place um, for that. And I think... Um, the principle there to cite a verse from the Bible that I've heard that is that one should not throw pearls before the swine. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you have something valuable then you want to keep it hidden. But if they have the right audience then it's another thing. So that uh, prescription mm-hmm, has its application Relative to certain circumstances, who the audience is, the general public, and so forth. But it does—it's not something that. I'm oh, Sorry, I can't say the name of my guru. Hmm? Someone says, "Who's your guru?" You know, I'm so inspired by you. You know, and then obviously you have a teachable moment. They're interested, and then you can, and you say, oh, "This is my guru." Oh, Mishnupad, so and so, he is, uh, or she is. Uh, that may be the case. So. That's how to think about that. Does that help? Hmm. Yeah. It also there's also this other side where it becomes ugly. My guru is the best guru, the only guru. Your guru is you should you should leave my guru. This is like really like way going overboard. There there's there's I want to say that. We can glorify our Guru unlimitedly, but it should be accurate, the glorification. Hmm? Um, there may be glorification that's not accurate, and that will not be appreciated by him. Just like certain glorifications of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu were not accurate, Sri so, would not accept them and give them to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? So if I say, you know, Prabhupada is better than Rupa Goswami, who cares for him? He came to America. You're American or you're Canadian. He came to Canada. You're, therefore, we don't care about. It. I mean, I'm, unfortunately, I, I've heard things like that. I mean, this is what the kind of glorification of of prabhupada is that. So there's that side where you're just like, you know, you're really saying, my guru is great. But if you're listening carefully, you're hearing, I am great. I am great. I am great. Hmm. That's not, but you want, <laughs> you want to say that, that's, that's not, uh, so what's, what's actual glorification, right? Does that help? Yeah. All right, so, yes. Uh, Go ahead. You uh, mentioned Dr. Narthalpur wrote Dharma in Bengal for an Indian audience. But I was just kind of curious about that because it seems like there are a lot of preaching strategies in there and at a Western audience, like all of you. Why would you write that for well, I think that um, the uh, um, that the some of the strategies of Bhakti Vinod Thakur there's only a couple in that regard that he um, uh, embraced um, he'd carried them over um, Wherever he preached, when we say, you know, Jiva Dharma was written in Bengali and intended for the Indian public, not exclusively. Hmm? It's not exclusive, and and also the fact was that the Indian public that he was preaching to were educated people. I remember, he put the whole story of the whole teaching of the Goswamis and. Uh, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, the Sundarvas, and Ujbal Nilmani, it, it packed into in a condensed form, into like a narrative, like a like a novel in, Beng- in Bengali. So this was a modernizing, even even in that sense, who so was preaching to educated people, influenced by Western ideas and so forth, even even his Bengali audience. Mm-hmm. So. One way to think about it. Alright, what's the time? 7.25. Alright, so we'll stop there. Shishidaji Gopal Ki Jai. Guru Vaishnava Guru Parampara Ki Jai. Go back to Patu the ki the coolity just